Hello, I'm Bruce Malcolm, and this is Denise Malcolm. We're proud to share with you this podcast series, Keeping Kids Safe, a Bright Futures podcast by the Daniel Malcolm Foundation. Each episode will feature practical insights on how to teach your child safety in our world today. We will help parents and carers understand and navigate the challenging world of child sexual abuse. What child sexual abuse is, the behaviours and signs to be wary of, and how to respond if you are worried about this with children you know. Our host, Walkley Award-winning journalist Nance Haxon, will talk with survivors, parents, leading researchers and professionals working on the front line in this area to give you the tools and resources you need. It's time for difficult conversations on this hidden topic. This podcast talks openly about child abuse, child sexual abuse, child sexual exploitation and harmful sexual behaviours. We are aware the content raised in this podcast series may be triggering by some listeners. There are links in our show notes for organisations that can support you. Please feel free to take a breather when you need it. Today on Keeping Kids Safe, a Bright Futures podcast for the Daniel Morcom Foundation, we're speaking with one of Australia's leading online safety presenters, Greb Gebhardt, about how to keep our children under five safe in the online world. Greg is an online trainer at eSafety, working with young people and parents right through to government agencies, and has been involved in this space since the internet first emerged. He gives tips on what the main online risks are for this under fives age group and some of the warning signs to look out for. Thanks so much, Greg, for joining us today. It's such a great opportunity for us to gain yours and eSafety's insights on practical, relatable advice for parents and carers of young children. So to start with, Greg, I imagine some parents and carers out there might still actually be a bit surprised that they need to be aware of eSafety dangers for children this young. Do you find that? yourself from these presentations that you give? Well, I think sometimes perhaps uh, people are a bit surprised about uh, teaching the key basics of online safety, but at the same time, they're probably witnessing their children picking up devices and pushing buttons and uh, swiping. And uh, yeah, I think it's, it's never really too young to start with this because when we think about parenting and caring, one of the things you're going to see is that parents put the sunblock when they go out in the sun at an early age, and we've got the child restraints in cars and uh, even the monitoring cameras. And our kids are picking up devices and just playing and pushing, and they're just intrigued with the with the devices. And it is going to be their future, all this technology, but it's important to put those good practices in place. So I think that's uh, something we all need to think about is let's make sure we uh, put these structures in place and make sure our kids have really positive and great experiences online. It's true. I mean, uh, we see it with our children all the time. They're just so intuitive, aren't they? And they end up teaching the parents half the time how to use a certain app. But um, why is this online safety so important to start so young? What are some of the aspects that we need to be aware of? Well, probably go back to what we're just talking about. If you have a look at uh, really young children, and this is probably kids who can't even talk, they pick up a device and they start swiping. So they're they're visual learners. And we know in that early development stage that uh, firstly, colourful, bright, noisy things are attracted to them and uh, they want to jump across and uh, start picking them up. And then as they progress through those early years, by the age of three, they're perhaps uh, watching computer games, they're playing some of the really basic learning games in there and often exploring with their parents at uh, some of the online books and education programs. And 
The challenge for us is by about four years of age, they start to become independent navigators of the internet. And that's when we've got to make sure that we've probably already got some of those key basics in place because uh, they are just drawn to the uh, technology. And, you know, there's so many goods, but we have to realise, and, you know, one of the things we're going to talk about today is there can be risk of exposure to online harms. And the more time you spend online, the more that uh, can increase. So, it's not just about restricting screens, but it's about giving them some knowledge that when they're on there, if there's something that feels a bit upsetting or uncomfortable, um, they know what to do. So I think talking about this from an early age is really important. You mentioned these potential online harms. What are, how about we break some of that down? What are some of these potential dangers that are lurking out there? Yeah, I think there's probably three main areas, and we might call them the uh, three C's today because they all start with uh, the C. The first is those contact risks. And when we look at young people uh, online, there is a lot of information that's being posted about kids nowadays from parents who are excited to share with family members uh, information on social media about the development of their child. And, uh, you know, I've got family members sharing nieces and nephews and uh, first time they walk and all those things. So we've sort of got to be careful about what information we're putting out there, which perhaps means that someone may be interested in that or even the fact that kids are pushing buttons. They could uh, probably quite easily push a button trying to uh, connect to uh, grandma or grandpa, which they've done before and uh, connect with someone else. So just be aware of uh, what information we put out there about our children who can contact them from that first one. Um, the second one, I think, is that uh, conduct uh, behaviours online. And we often talk about cyberbullying with older children, but we've got to get the practices in place pretty early that if someone is online, they could say something you don't like. And particularly towards that age of four, we know that kids understand a lot uh, more in those areas. So making sure that uh, we can understand how they use the technology, what they're using it for. Uh, and then there's a content risk. And I think this is the one that most parents are concerned about in these early ages. What does your child come across online? And uh, there could be a lot of things that are unsuitable for a child particularly their age group and uh, you know sometimes we're just talking about things that might give a child a nightmare or something a bit scary that could happen certainly through to age inappropriate content that could come up and be very distressing for uh, children so this is why conversations are really important with young people just to talk about how you use a technology what's on and what can happen so being actively monitoring i mean it's it's i think it's a lot of parents nightmare it's how how much is enough how much do we keep an eye on what our children are absorbing online do you think are there rules or guidelines yeah i think that's a really a good point and uh, i think the the thinking around technology is changing a little bit from the amount of time to what they're actually doing online so if you've got a child who's actively reading a story online or playing a game that's all about educational development, it's probably not the worst thing in the world to have them using that device for that period of time. It's when the negativity uh, comes. And I think there's a few things as uh, parents and carers you can put in place. One of the really good things is just come up with some basic rules, perhaps around the usage. So what sort of programs you're allowed to use and the usage times. And uh, that really is about what is being used for and how long. And also, I think you've got to also talk about the other part of that is what programs are not allowed to be used because it may be using a parent's device and there's a lot of um, parenting resources that could be related to work or they uh, could be things around uh, hobbies and interests, which really uh, probably uh, aren't things that you know, three and four-year-olds need to be clicking on. So those things. And 
Some of the ways you could do this, and I just want to just point out one great resource on the eSafety website, um, we actually have a uh, family technology agreement for under five-year-olds. Oh, that great. So but really we can go to that and, and there's the guidelines there. Excellent. Oh, exactly, you know, and it's just sort of things like, you know, uh, we'll put the devices down at dinner time or we won't use them after dinner in that really basic understanding for kids. And I think there are some real key basics that you can work with children to understand. And what we're actually doing is teaching them concepts that are going to be really valuable as they get uh, later in life. And because that agreement will evolve, ideally, as they age. So it's probably a good thing to implement really young and make the, and to normalise that. That's right. It's no good setting an agreement when they're three and having it when they're 17. I can tell you there'll be some good <laughs> back in those ways as well. But you're absolutely correct. As children's habits change and uh, their interests change and perhaps we start to think from things that will entertain children when they're young to more educational type of content, we've really got to think about changing the conversation with the child and giving those critical skills to be able to make good decisions. And you can't make good decisions um, as a uh, primary age child if you haven't got the foundations in that early years, in that uh, one to five. So I think it's pretty important that we do talk to them about what they do online, how they use the technology. And, uh, you know, one of the things is really good is just co-sharing some time with kids, spend some time with the child when they're uh, on those devices. Watching what they're watching, seeing what apps they're using and how they're interacting with that. Yeah, exactly. I think, uh, too, uh, when you are starting out, you know, just if you're actually watching or playing with a child, you've got a better uh, idea of what they're actually using and how to have a conversation around what's happening uh, in those areas. And uh, it is it is pretty important that we do have those conversations with kids. And I think there's a few key elements that you could do when we're talking to kids. And you know, we've got to break this down. And remember, we're talking to really young children here, so it's got to be age appropriate for them. And I think the first thing is just reminding kids that when we want you online, we want you to be safe. You know, just a simple message. You have to be safe so that nothing bad happens on here. The second part is about being kind to others. And uh, as we know, you'll have uh, three and four-year-olds in early childhood centres and uh, they'll be using technology there and they'll be playing things with other kids perhaps on the devices. So we can actually set the foundations around uh, respect and behaviours. And then one of the really critical ones, I think, is asking for help. So if anything happens that you're not comfortable with, something scary happens, you've come across something that uh, you don't know how to turn it off or that anything that concerns you, it's okay to come and ask mum and dad or your carer for help or support in those areas. And uh, probably the last thing is, and this is probably to the later years and early years, is just helping kids to make good choices because we know they want to be on there and we're concerned about what they're doing, but trying to work with them. So that's a good idea or that's a suitable game or that's a great book to read online. So uh, there's a lot that parents can take in from there, but in that simplified messaging for these kids. Are there any warning signs that parents and carers of this particular age group can keep an eye out for as well? Yeah, I think there are a few things that uh, you need to be uh, aware of uh, when you're online. And um, some of these are things that perhaps we take for granted when we're on the internet. For instance, uh, pop-ups appear all the time. And pop-ups are often uh, quite bright. Uh, they sometimes flash and rotate and they do draw your attention to uh, those things. And again, lots of kids like to click on those and see what they uh, do and that. So just talking about what happens if something comes up on the screen that wasn't expected? Also, there could be the fact someone could try and uh, contact perhaps the parent or carer through that device and the child using it at the same time. So 
It doesn't matter who it is that's contacting you, uh, whether it's a family member uh, talking about, and even this sort of thing, come and get me if someone is trying to contact us on the device. So they're not in trouble, but just let us know. And it could be a friend or a relative, or it could be someone on a parent's device there. And the same thing with the pop-ups, you know, come and tell us and we'll sort it out or fix this up for you. So that basic language there. And the other one I think is that emotional part for young kids is, trying to make sure that they don't feel uncomfortable when they're online because, you know, that sort of gut feeling that we get as adults when something's not right. I imagine that kids of that age would, you know, sometimes feel uncomfortable with something scary or worrying comes up. And again, this is just simply come and tell me if you see something across the internet or something comes up that you feel uh, a bit unsure of. And that's really a great way for kids to protect themselves by getting a parent or care involved. But it's also a great way to have those conversations that uh, perhaps we want to have when we've got kids who are nine and 10 and even 15 or 16 year olds when it's difficult. You've set those foundations in the early years for later life. Yes, so not even just establishing the boundaries, also just establishing that ongoing communication that this is something we need to talk about. You're not in a little bubble in the corner of the room or <laughs> at the doctor's surgery or at the kitchen table or wherever it, we we are talking about what you're involved with and checking on that every now and then. Yeah, definitely. I think um, that's a really important part is just to be, and look, there are times when parents are busy and carers and, you know, cooking dinner and things and you can't be monitoring, but you can certainly try and have the device in an area where perhaps it's uh, on a bit of an angle where you can see what's on the screen or somewhere close by where you can make face contact with a child. And if there is something that upsets them, you'll see that uh, change in the smile on their face. So, wow, what's that sort of thing? So there are some simple things that uh, you can put in place there. Yeah. You've been in this area for, for a number of years now, Greg, and given presentations to more than 1.3 million people, I think you had told me. So I find that incredible, but it's such an important uh, topic and I'm so glad that the word is getting out. But you must have seen it evolve and change even in that time. Has it changed a lot even recently or just emerging trends that you've noticed? Well, I think it has changed a fair bit, mainly because the internet's got faster and the devices are more portable. And Especially for parents, you know, we've gone through COVID where we've been working from home and there's a lot more technology in the households. Parents are on devices a long period. And I guess that really is another thing you need to think about is as a parent modelling, you are actually modelling behaviours because we know that these young children are visual learners and they'll see things and they'll replicate and copy those sort of things. And you might even not be aware as a parent or carer that you're modelling poor behaviour, which could be you're sitting out having dinner and your phone rings and you go, okay, I'll just pick that up and you answer the phone. What we're actually doing is really modelling that it's okay to pick your phone up at any time. It doesn't matter if you're doing something important like having a meal. Um, So we need to start thinking very early about how we sort of use that technology ourselves or again, coming back with the uh, technology agreement we talked about before, um, you know, mum and dad are allowed to use phones after a certain time, but children stop at that time. So even if you are using it as a parent and kids are modelling that, they understand the reasons why. And I think the other thing that sometimes you can do is actually talk about what you're doing on those things. So, you know, if you are texting, it could be uh, grandma needs to know what you're up to or that and tell the kids that there's a real reason rather than the, just the fact that they see you pushing buttons on a phone. So, yeah, I think that's uh, really uh, modelling something probably we don't think a lot about is what others see in our technology usage. And uh, I'm certainly aware when I uh, go and visit friends now, I try and turn my phone off 
or put it to silent because the attraction of those noises and buzzes and uh, things to pick it up and see if it was something important, which most times it isn't. Uh, I think every parent goes through that themselves and you've sort of got to think, wow, how do I get to use this for my own personal space without interfering with the thinking or the modelling for kids? It's establishing our own online boundaries as well as for our children, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it is. And uh, look, it's not easy, as I say, you know, and the, the, all the apps coming out nowadays, mm. there are so many benefits from so many of them that uh, we tend to be connected a lot more. And uh, I think that's the important thing with kids is they don't always have the knowledge and experience that we have. And certainly uh, younger, they're just drawn to whatever comes up. So they're not good at making, well, they really haven't started doing those critical thinking skills in those real early years. And that foundation use is pretty important to develop that for them. What are some ways that we can connect with our children during that screen time? I think that's something some of us struggle with. We're not really interested in Peppa Pig or whatever it is. What are some tips that you could give there? Uh, well, I used to say that too, but uh, then I found out little kids told me that uh, it's Bluey now, not Peppa Pig. So, exactly. Yeah. It's true. Just it's just the way that the world changes, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I thought I was hip before I knew all this and, uh, you know, I have a five-year-old tell me you're uh, out of touch. So, it's <laughs> I think, um, firstly, when you are using device, as I said before, explaining, and we could even go further, you know, if you're looking up Google Maps to see where you're going for a restaurant or you're going to visit someone and you're not quite sure of the address, you know, talk to kids. We've got to find the map to get there so they understand there's a, a valid reason in doing that. But I think some of the best ways really to engage with really young children is to sit and watch them and talk about what they're doing online or to actually play the same game as them. Now, I know we might not want to play kids' games, but even <laughs> we spend a few minutes just playing that so we get an understanding of the child. Because what often you find with children, they actually want that buy-in from parents and carers to feel that what they're doing is important as well and that you think it's fun and good to do. And, you know, that's important time. But the other part is that when they are using those devices and things, ask questions. You know, be curious about what they're doing. Why did you click on that? What was the good thing? What did you enjoy about was there anything scary happened in that uh, game at the time? And that's when you can introduce online safety tips. So they're, they're not Alexia, we're not telling you what to do, but they're just built into playing the game or reading the book or uh, looking at the uh, content online. And again, the same thing if you're watching a uh, clip and say it's something like YouTube or another video program where they have ads pop up, just talk to them about sometimes these things pop up and we just close them down or we wait and then we move on and that to the things that we like. So... It's really about getting kids to feel comfortable about using the technology with a parent or carer with them. And on the other hand, it's the same for parent carers that you feel comfortable having those conversations and you know a little bit about the world that they live in. Because um, look, there are a lot of uh, parents that didn't grow up this technology. There are a lot of parents that did grow up the technology, but the technology is different to what they grew up with. So uh, for a lot of parents, you didn't have a smartphone when you're at school. You didn't have access to an iPad when you're a toddler. So. We might use the technology now, but the viewpoint from kids and the way they use it is quite different. So we've got to try and get that understanding so we can have healthy conversations with them. Are there specific resources for parents and carers on the eSafety website that you mentioned for this age group, this specifically quite young age group? Yeah, there is. We've actually got a, quite a lot of uh, content there, and I'd really encourage uh, parents and carers, some of our listeners, to go and uh, have a bit of an explore and try and find out what's valuable for you because everyone uses technology differently and uh, you know the other thing which we probably haven't mentioned today is if you've got three or four children and you've got a four-year-old and the others are uh, much older they're viewing they're actually watching they're getting exposure to things that uh, if the child the first child's four and the other's two and one uh, they're uh, not getting that kind of uh, content uh, in front of them so 
it is pretty important um, to think that when we have conversations, there's no one size fits all. But uh, I'd suggest before we mention the online family technology agreement for under fives, I think that would be a great one for uh, people to have a look at. Um, we also actually have an online safety booklet for uh, parents and carers of under five-year-olds. So that's really healthy because a lot of things we've talked about today, uh, you'll find uh, in that booklet with a lot more tips about managing that. We have a dedicated parent section on our website. So if you go to esafety.gov.au, click on the parenting one, you'll see the link to the under fives and have a look in there. You'll see the link to the resources and you know, even around uh, five and six and seven and four, we are seeing some parents starting to put parental controls and those things in. So getting information, how to set your devices up. Um, for kids, you can actually go in and play with them in there. We have got a, uh, as I mentioned, uh, our booklet for parents, but we've also got an online safety booklet for kids called Swoosh and Glide, and they can actually read through the story. It's uh, very much about uh, rule number five, which is telling someone if something goes uh, wrong and uh, even things like devices shouldn't be in bedrooms. I know, I find it really hard. How much do I want to tell my, my child to know, <laughs> really, of what, what can go wrong, you know? Like you say, you want them to have that healthy relationship with technology, but to be able to walk through it like a storybook, that's a great idea. Kids do really relate to literature and understand and uh you know, the fact that they can go through and look at all those different uh, ideas. And we've got some extensions on that. We've even got it as an audio book. So uh, you, uh, if you find that uh, you uh, want to uh, have your kids listen to the story, but you haven't got time to, you could actually get them to listen to it through the audio while you're doing other things. And uh, on top of that, we've got a whole lot of puzzles around uh, Swish and Glide, who are our uh, main uh, stars in that booklet. So there's a lot of great resources there. And uh, again, uh, as your kids get older, there's a lot more resources as well. But it is uh, sometimes challenging for us as being parents and carers with all this new tech. But I think uh, as a parent or carer, if you can just think about the things that are out there, if you think about making good choices and those good conversations with the kids and uh, perhaps uh, uh, just the fact that you actually came along to listen to our uh, podcast today means you've got a genuine interest in uh, what we're talking about and hopefully you've got a tip that can make a big difference for you. And uh, there's some guidelines there too for, dare we, dare we say, but if something does go wrong, if your child does uh, open up something they shouldn't have, is exposed to something that is is shocking, is the eSafety website give you some idea or what would you advise at that point? Oh, it definitely does. It has oh. conversation starters about uh, you know what to say to kids when they come across uh, inappropriate or harmful content online um, and it's also very much even in the under, uh, the under fives booklet it's got some steps that you can actually put in place um, to firstly uh, support your child because we've got to think of the immediate safety of the child and welfare when they've had an exposure um, then the conversations you have about uh, what they've been exposed to in a child friendly manner of course just trying to not uh, frighten them and to reassure that that shouldn't have been on the internet and then uh, possibly depending on what the content is we've got information about how you can report some of that content as well. Thank you so much, Greg. It's been very enlightening to hear uh, about really, really quite specific strategies that we can use for our wonderful young children and uh, learn from them as much as we teach them, I think. Sometimes hear the story, if you can't get your uh, phone to turn on your laptop, find a five-year-old, they'll push enough buttons, they'll get it going. So Exactly. <laughs> I think we can definitely learn from kids as well, but uh, I think there's a lot that uh, as parents and carers, you know, putting our best practice and modelling and uh, the conversations can make a big difference with children and uh, you know that's what we all want uh, children want to have safe experiences online and uh, we want them to have that as well so uh, we've got a common goal which is great wonderful thanks so much greg my pleasure thanks for having us today and that's the end of this episode of keeping kids safe a bright futures podcast by the daniel Morcom foundation make sure you go to the links in our show notes for resources and support remember parents and carers you've got this 
You can subscribe to this podcast on your favourite podcast provider and give us a like on your socials. And if you found this helpful, please share far and wide and rate and review it too so more people can find us. Even if it's just telling a friend about this podcast, that's great. We want to empower as many parents and carers as possible each and every episode. You can support the work of the Daniel Morkham Foundation by visiting our website and donating or call us for more information on 1300 326 435. Thank you for never forgetting, Daniel. You guys are very much part of the solution. Please complete the survey. Thank you for listening. Talk to you again next episode.